It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me, or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up, or we're going to lose everything. We have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Good morning, America. I'm Jay Christian Adams, in for Sandy Rios this morning. Great to be here with you this morning. I'm the president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. We fight election fraud around the country, also formerly the DOJ, Justice Department, and currently a U.S. Commissioner on Civil Rights and the United States Commission on Civil Rights. Always list that third, can't be prominent. We're gonna be talking about civil rights today and what it means to have civil rights. I'm going to be here with Sandy uh, substituting today, tomorrow, and Thursday. You're going to have a lot of great guests for you, big guests this week. We'll announce that probably tomorrow, what time and day. But it's fantastic to be here. want to hear from you later this hour. We're going to be taking your calls at 1-888-589-8840. You can follow me on Twitter if you're a Twitter person, at electionlawctr, short for center. Election Law CTR. And this week we'll be talking about the latest with the raid in Palm Beach. And later this hour, we'll learn that there's some authority, some case law, if you will, that calls into question some of the FBI's defenses for the raid. And I, I want to start out the show today talking about... Uh, some really rough things happening out there that I will submit to you would not have occurred five or even 10 years ago. And from the we didn't see that coming department, a story out of Beverly Hills, California, a clothing store in Beverly Hills has banned masks. You can't come in anymore with a mask on. Why? <laughs> Could not see this one coming. Staffers at Kitson's, Kitson's clothing store in Beverly Hills, California, said they've noticed more people coming into the store wearing masks who are looking to shoplift. <laughs> really? There's a shock. Quote, the mask mandate may have begun as a health precaution, says Fraser Ross, the owner of the store. But we found that people are wearing them so they can't be identified. Now, Five years ago or 10 years ago, if somebody had walked into a store with a mask on, then the person behind the counter might have been pressing the alarm button or reaching for something. But these days, the mask, unfortunately, has been, oh, shall we say normalized? Like so many other things, the mask is normal. Just wear that mask. But, you know, I'm here in Washington, D.C., close to the swamp, and you start to notice certain things about the masks. You start to notice 
that they show up in odd places more than others. For example, when you go to church, you don't see so many masks. When you go to Whole Foods in Alexandria or somewhere around D.C., which I don't do much, if at all, you see lots of masks. Strangely, when you walk down the street in some places, you see young people, shall we say 23, 24 years old, outdoors, walking by themselves, wearing a mask. And when you see that, you have to ask the question, how, how did we get to a country where young people are afraid of a cold? Because that's what it basically is now. I've had COVID recently. If you're 23 years old or 28 years old and you're healthy walking around and you get COVID, you're going to have a cold. If, if that. But yet the mask, it's like a, it's like the modern day, uh, shall we say, symbol. It's a message to anybody looking. It's a message that they live in a state of increased fear and anxiety. And they want to be in control of their future. And of course, who is? Who is in control of the future? More news from it could have happened five or six or seven or eight or ten years ago. This is one's unbelievable. Listen up to this, folks. Imagine this happening in your school district if you have kids in government-run schools. School counselor in Fairfax County, Virginia, once again, right near the swamp. Fairfax County is the largest county in Virginia, most populous county in Virginia. Darren Thompson, school counselor, school employee, was arrested in an undercover operation in November 2020 for solicitation of a minor for prostitution. This is a school teacher in a public school in Fairfax County, November 2020, two years ago almost. So who wants to guess out there Fill out your card. What happened next to Darren Thornton, who was arrested and convicted of solicitation of a minor for prostitution? School employee. Anybody want to guess? Raise your hand. If you guess nothing, you're correct. Mr. Darren Thornton kept his job. Oh, you might ask, but how would the school know that he was convicted? It's because they knew because the police called the school, called the school district, and told them that he was convicted of solicitation of a minor for prostitution. Fairfax County, Virginia Public Schools. And in fact, he registered as a sex offender. So anybody could go online. You can do that right now. Go to the Virginia Sex Offender website, sponsored by, I believe, the Virginia State Police, and you could see that Mr. Thornton public school teacher in Fairfax County, is on the website. So the police informed the Fairfax County Public Schools that there was a convicted sex offender teaching, and it's on the website. So Mr. Thornton cruises for two years as a teacher, counselor at Fairfax County Public Schools, keeps his job. Oh, wait, 
There's more. He does it again. Mr. Thornton decided to solicit a child for prostitution a second time and was caught and convicted of another sex crime. And it wasn't until the second conviction that the police who caught him figured out he was still employed as a teacher. He was still employed as a teacher for two years almost. And so they called the school district up and said, hey, by the way, we told you two years ago that you had a convicted sex offender working as a teacher in the Fairfax County Public Schools. And uh, he's still there. And by the way, he did it again. Finally, he was fired. Finally, he was fired after two convictions for solicitation of a minor for prostitution as a teacher of the Fairfax, Virginia public schools. Now, I want to raise the question, how is this happening? How on earth is this happening? Remember, these are the same woke schools in Virginia that are teaching that Abraham Lincoln had slaves, that the founders are wicked, that you're really maybe not a boy even if you were born a boy, you're maybe not a girl if you were born a girl, and here's your helpful kit that you can work on without your parents' knowledge. These are the same schools that are doing all that, and yet they have a convicted sex offender twice convicted sex offender, working as a teacher in a middle school in Fairfax County, Virginia. So my question is, is this a glitch or a feature? Is this a glitch or is it a feature that teachers who are convicted of sex crimes remain on the job in the public schools in Virginia? I want to hear from you. What do you think? one 589 I would submit to you that it might be a little bit of both, both a glitch and a feature. You know, when does the glitch end and the feature begin? Obviously, somebody at the Fairfax County Public Schools knew that there was a convicted sex offender working as a middle school teacher and nothing happened. Somebody knew because the police told them two years ago. But we have a situation now in this country where some people get a pass for wrongdoing. Some people who aren't qualified get elevated. And that's a whole other show we can do on college admissions. Some people who should be in jail, who should be in the county jail awaiting trial, are given a pass to roam the streets and attack and destroy the lives of good people. That's the world we live in now in America. So how did this happen? Who let the guard down? Why did we start elevating and excusing wickedness and crime and evil and give it a pass? When did we stop paying attention to the victims? And I'm going to have more on this in the next segment about what is the most important civil right. When did we stop caring about the victims of crime like we used to? When did we start to say, oh, it, it's no, uh, no matter that you 
uh, ransacked and robbed somebody's convenience store that they spent a lifetime building, we're going to not keep you in jail. When did it become fashionable to have county prosecutors around the country, which, oh, by the way, one is in Fairfax County, Virginia, who were elected on the idea that they were going to be soft on crime, who were elected on the idea that we need to turn the dial a little bit in favor of the criminal and away from the victim. When did that happen? Why did that happen? I'm Jay Christian Adams. I want to hear from you at one 888 Well, I have an idea that it started to happen in the last 15 years. It started to happen when we lost our moorings, when we lost our way, when we started to care more about, oh, shall we say, people who make bad decisions instead of people who make good decisions. Remember back about, oh, 2010-ish, 2009-ish, when people who held secured bonds in Chrysler, secured bonds are the best bonds. You pay the highest for them because they're always guaranteed by the assets of the company. If you don't have secured bonds, you just have like basically stock. Well, back then, when Chrysler went bankrupt, the secured bondholders got the shaft. And the Obama administration went to the courts and said, oh, never mind that they paid more. Never mind they paid extra to have secured bonds instead of simple bonds or, or stock. Never mind that. They shouldn't get anything. I'm Jay Christian Adams. I'm in for Sandy Rios in the morning. Want to hear from you at 1-888-589-8840. We're going to talk next about what is the most important civil rights. We're going to talk about what is the law supposed to protect, the most basic things. And want to hear from you, 1-888-589-8840. Jake Christian Adams in for Sandy Rios on American Family Radio. Hi, I'm Pastor Bert Harper. My wife, Janie, and I would like to invite pastors and their wives to the Fishbowl Retreat. I'm co-host of Exploring the Word and Exploring Missions here on AFR, but I've also been a pastor for many years, so I know pastors and their families deal with unique challenges. That's why we started this retreat years ago. Pastors are called to a higher standard, and we want to come alongside and offer support. The AFA Pastors and Wives Fishbowl Retreat is returning October 18th through the 20th to Linden Valley Conference Center in Linden, Tennessee. You don't even need to miss a Sunday. Our guest speakers are another pastor and his wife, Will and Mickey Addison of American Family Radio. Register today by calling 662-844-5036 extension 297 or at repairingthefoundations.net the afa pastors and wives fishbowl retreat we'd love to see you there 
Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-788-1813. Can you repeat that? 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make a switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. There's growing speculation that Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is intentionally refusing to help Senate candidates endorsed by President Trump. Now, I suspect it's a calculation on McConnell's part that if Trump's candidates lose, it will end a 2024 presidential bid. McConnell is behaving just like an old-school establishment Republican. They expect conservatives to bend over backwards to campaign for the establishment, but when it comes to doing the same for conservatives, the establishment is nowhere to be found. Establishment Republicans want your manpower to put up the signs and knock on doors. They want your cash, and then they want you to be quiet and vote for their preordained candidates. Now, I don't care if if you're a conservative or establishment, how about some party loyalty? How about defending the party platform? I understand McConnell's disgusted by MAGA world, but stopping the progressives from turning us into a third world socialist dictatorship is a smidge more important than egos or sipping cocktails at the country club. I'm Todd Starnes. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Good morning, America. I'm Jay Christian Adams. I'm in for Sandy Rios in the morning this morning. Beautiful day on the East Coast, at least, on American Family Radio. And we're talking about the chaos in public schools and in the country with crime. And I ask the question, what is the most basic American civil right? Keep thinking about that one. We'll pick that up. But the story that just boggles the mind is this high school teacher, convicted sex offender, Darren Thornton in Virginia, who was convicted of solicitation of a child prostitute and then kept his job. I mean, you, you honestly don't think these words should fit together, right? He kept his job as a Fairfax County public school counselor for two years. And the only reason he lost is he did it again. He did it twice. He got convicted again. And the police were like, hey, what's up? We told you about this two years ago. What's going on out there? What is going on in the country where this happens. Mike, you're in Arkansas. Good morning. You're on with Jay Christian Adams on American Family Radio. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, that guy, uh, he shouldn't have been able to keep his job because he should have been in prison uh, after finding out that. Uh, but anyway, um, my call is for to make the suggestion with all these IRS jobs that are available, 
why don't we uh, encourage Christians to apply for these jobs? Uh, well, I think that's a fantastic jobs. right. The good benefits, which is good for Christian people, but it also uh, protects us for what's coming down the road, possibly with their intentions. Uh, Mike, thank you for that idea. You know, as many of you know, I was in the Justice Department in the voting section at the United States Department of Justice. I wrote a book about it called Injustice. If you want to read what I'm sad to say was sort of a canary in the coal mine book 10 years ago. Uh, I got to tell you, you have a great idea, a fantastic idea, Mike. And that is for the people listening to the show, especially those of you who are struggling out there, people who are struggling the federal government is a good gig, okay? I, if I told you guys, I'm afraid, I'm afraid to tell you how good of a gig it is because I might incite an insurrection, right? There's people who are doing almost no work that are making $150,000 a year, certainly a lot less work than those of you uh, uh, schlepping out there on, on some serious work, those of you driving right now to the construction site, or those of you who are marine welders or watermen pulling crabs, or any of the many other jobs I could detail that involve significantly harder work than being a federal government employee. What I would suggest is that you all apply. Go to the government, usjobs.com or .gov website and start applying for these things. And if you really want to hit the jackpot, have them discriminate you based on your religion, and that way you can get a whole government salary as damages without having to go to work. I'm sort of kidding there, but I'm not entirely kidding. But the federal government not only has this incredible pay scale, way ahead of the private sector. And don't let them fool you on that. For many, many years, they're like, oh, we make less than the private sector. Not anymore. That's changed. And then they get life insurance like you can't get on the market. And then they get health care like you can't get on the market. And then they get double retirement plans like you can't get on the market. You not only get a defined benefit plan where you, after five years, you get paid the rest of your life when you retire, a pretty significant amount, but you also have government contributions to essentially an IRA. Oh, I could go on and on about the benefits. Child care, leave, federal government jobs, go apply for them. Get on the inside. It'll open your eyes. It'll open your eyes. Roger, you're in Arkansas. Good morning. You're on with Jay Christian Adams on In for Sandy Rios. Yes, sir. Um he was wondering what was going on uh, in our country. I can tell you what's going on. We took Christ out of the school. We took our Bibles out of the school. We quit standing in front of the school and pledging our allegiance to the flag. We took uh, uh, the Ten Commandments out of the courthouse, and now we start using man's rules instead of God's rules. And if you read the Old Testament at all, you'll find out one people decided to put God in the back, they went forward towards hell. Now, that's exactly what's going on. Okay, Roger. Now, let me, let, me, uh, let me accept your premise, but tinker with the particulars a little. And the only reason I'm doing that is because I'm a lawyer, and I'm a, I do a lot of constitutional law, 
And the First Amendment has a free uh, establishment clause, also has a free exercise clause, but also has an establishment clause. Now, the New York Times likes to call that the separation of church and state, which doesn't exist in the Constitution. There's no such thing. So my question is, uh, and by the way, I agree with your premise. Let me, let me put that in neon, that as soon as you remove a moral structure from the government schools, garbage starts to happen. And I've seen it firsthand. I've seen moralless generations graduating from these public schools who don't have a bedrock principle of right and wrong and how they behave and what they do to other people to hurt them. So my question is, how do you, here's my question, how do you accomplish what you want to accomplish in a school that is comprised of many different religions? I'm just curious what your thoughts are about that. Well, I, now this is just my opinion, but, you know, when God was moving Israel around through the desert and, and different places in the Old Testament, he said, uh, he told them not to marry to into other nations that were heathen and so forth. And we've let religions come into our country. When, when the founding fathers established this country, they said that you was a, uh, they wanted you to be free to worship God. But they was right. talking about one God, the I am God. They wasn't talking about Buddha, and they wasn't talking about Harry Krishna and any of them others. They was talking about one God, and we've we've got states now that are heathen worshiping people. Okay, so what you have described is has a large degree of historical accuracy, but it has evolved to the point where now we do in fact have Americans who adhere to different religious faiths that did not exist in 1781 when the first uh, First Amendment was enacted. And so sort of the rolling question I have is how do you deal with that? And I, I think one way you deal with that, and I'm not saying this is the best way, but one way you deal with that is to basically let everyone have their say uh, and not kick it out of the school. Because how can you kick out of schools the, the most fundamental cultural influences on an American? How do you kick that out of schools? Just pretend it doesn't exist. How do you remove from the schools the fact that these people who go there believe in something like God. There's an interesting story uh, from Poland. Remember the communists, the communists tried to have an absolutely atheistic society. Well, that didn't go so well in Poland, especially when you had a Polish pope. And the communists built this ideal utopian steel town called Noahuta, and I'll mispronounce that for those of you who are of Polish descent, but it's a hard language. And they deliberately built streets in an angular grid system and never allowed for a church. No churches here. It was going to be the brand new communist utopia. And the people of Noahuta basically rebelled. And they said, they said, we want a church. So they started gathering stones from riverbeds all over Poland. And it was a steel town, and they started forging steel. And they built their church regardless. They said, we're going to build a church. And it was consecrated in 1977, much to the hatred of the communists. And it's a great story about how a people rose up and said, uh, we want a different way of life in Poland with atheistic communism. 
Nancy, you're in Michigan. Good morning. What do you have to say? Well, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, See if I can paint the picture here. Um, I was a teacher and uh, ended up homeschooling my two daughters and after that became a counselor. So hearing your story about this counselor, it is horrific. And there's a CPS worker that recently did the same thing, at least was advocating for a teen girl to prostitute herself to get food. And um, it is just horrific. And I think in 2020, when I was driving all over several counties, uh, counseling CPS cases and things, um, I was afraid to go on the highways. I mean, I saw things going on around the country. And um, so... I, I think I started out with some fear. I, it, it only took my daughters and uh, cousin to convince me that this was not really a pandemic, but a pandemic. It took me a little bit, but about a month to get on board with what was really going on. So um, anyway, doing the counseling, I then started a small group and we have gone to school board meetings. Now many of us are precinct delegates going to state convention this Saturday. So you start to realize, no, we're not in the minority. We are the majority. And we, I am believing, even up to last week, I was saying, I don't, um, until they fix 2020, I'm not sure I want to get that involved. And then I realized, yeah, we have to get involved. It's got to be from, you know, the local people on up. And so that's, you know, what a lot of people are doing. And it's just really something that's very, very necessary. So well, Nancy, you brought something up, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something that I hope everybody takes the right way. Um, I know this crowd. I wrote a whole book about how they have reconstituted what law is, what the rule of law, what right and wrong is through the federal government, at least in this area of civil rights and voting. What I'm gonna say to y'all is that the only way these people can win is if you stay silent. And I want to talk about the power of one single person standing up. All throughout history, we've seen the power of one single person standing up, whether it was in the Roman Colosseum, whether it was, uh, whether it was Sophie Scholl and the White Rose in Nazi Germany, whether... Frankly, it could be you. It's like if you're in a super dark cave that there's absolutely no light and you light a match, that one single match is going to illuminate that whole cave. When you're in a world where everyone talks the same, thinks the same, acts the same, and maybe I'm describing today's public school system, or maybe I'm describing campus. Oh, and those of you who think places like LSU and... University of Alabama and and the big land-grant colleges are immune from the chaos happening. Guess again. It's coming for you. It's already there in places like UNC and Clemson. They're already on the march in those places you thought were safe and probably want to send some of your kids to. What I'm telling you is all it takes is one person to break the surface tension All it takes is one voice to stand up and say, I disagree with that. And do it in your everyday conversations, because these folks love to assume you think like them. And you've probably encountered them 
Or maybe you get hassled to put a mask on when you don't need to. Just say politely. I'm not saying get belligerent. But say, I disagree with that. Maybe they got so powerful because we didn't stand up enough and politely say, I disagree with that. Maybe they transformed the culture because not enough people stood up and said, I disagree with that. We want to be polite, right? We want to be courteous and not confrontational. Well, look what that got us. It got us a country that's teetering on losing its fundamental and original purpose. Shirley, you're in Tennessee. Good morning. What do you have to say? Hey, good morning. I agree with you. I just uh, have a theory that is my own theory, and that is my feeling is that uh, this whole takeover, this whole failure to act, everything that we're seeing, you said when did this start happening? I would say 100 years ago at least, because when you look at all the different presidents we've had, I think I can name maybe two who have gone against the New World Orderist and their um, um, plans, Lincoln and um, maybe Kennedy. But the rest of these people have done nothing to stop abortion. As a matter of fact, um, by doing nothing, they've advanced it. Nobody has completely shut it down. Nobody's completely um, shut down the gay agenda. By not doing nothing, they've advanced it. And many times when you look in the last 20, 25, 30 years, uh, or maybe more, last 50, the Republicans and Democrats have advanced some of the same bills, you know, some of the same stuff. Uh, and I know people don't like to hear it, and I'm not against Trump, I'm not against anybody, but he's advancing the uh, jab right now, and I uh, am not for it. And uh, with the data that we have and come out now, I think that he needs to stand up and tell everybody he apologized, he got it wrong, and he doesn't support it anymore, but he's not doing that. Well, thanks, Shirley, for that call. Uh, we're up against a break, and I, I want to pick this up when you, you mentioned Lincoln and you mentioned Kennedy and Trump, and I want to ask the question and get to the answer. What is the most important civil right? What is the civil right that will affect your daily life more than anything else? I'm Jay Christian Adams. I'm in for Sandy Rios. The one 888 is how you can reach me in the next segment. We'll be back right after this on American Family Radio. I'm Jay Christian Adams in for Sandy Rios. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. We are His children. We are chosen. If we're Christians, we belong to the royal family. Can I get a witness? And we should know that so that we can know how important it is to live up to who we are. Dr. David Jeremiah continues his series, Christ Above All, next time on Turning Point. 
5.30 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Psalm 46 is a popular psalm as it includes the text, Be still and know that I am God. This was the conclusion to a psalm that previously observed, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. This described what looked like the end of the world. Nevertheless, the psalmist remained unshaken. He refused to allow present difficulty to cause him to forget God's past faithfulness. Virus or no virus, God is our refuge and strength. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. In this time, we celebrate that Roe vs. Wade has been overturned with great joy. Roe vs. Wade has been responsible for the slaughter of over 63 million babies. Now the decision to abort a child will be left in the hands of the states, and sadly, abortion will continue in the most liberal states. Over the past 16 years, Preborn has positioned their clinics in the top abortion cities where 50% of abortions take place. Preborn's work of saving babies' lives will continue at an even greater level as they fight Planned Parenthood and now defend their centers from the radical hate groups who want Want nothing more than to shut them down. Preborn's response is entirely dependent on you, the pro-life community. Would you consider a tax-deductible gift of any size? Your gift will save babies' lives and help keep preborn centers safe so they continue their life-saving work. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or go to preborn.com. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. On Friday, America lost one of its most brilliant, impactful, and indefatigable patriots, Peter Vincent Prime. Over 40 years of service, both in government and out, he provided national leadership on the need to correct the vulnerabilities of our most critical of critical infrastructures, the electric grid, and how to do so. Dr. Pride was driven by the possibility that hostile powers or even Mother Nature could devastate our country and its people by taking down the grid. He helped create and staff a congressional commission that assesses how to mitigate the grid's susceptibility to electromagnetic pulse, or EMP, as well as sabotage, cyber attacks, and space weather. Fortunately, Peter will have a living legacy. He features prominently in a new documentary film entitled Grid Down, Power Up, designed to catalyze a movie to movement to harden the grid. Learn more at securethegrid.com. This is Frank Efton. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at sandy at AFR.net. That's sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Good morning. Jay Christian Adams in for Sandy Rios this morning. So great to be here. Get well, Sandy. Can't wait for you to be back. But in the meantime, we're talking about what is the most important and fundamental American civil right. And we know a lot about civil rights, don't we, if you study history. But I would submit to you the freedom from fear, the freedom to walk down your street and take your kids to the park, run your business, pump gas without getting attacked by a criminal. 
and to feel safe in your home and neighborhood is the most important civil right. If people don't feel safe when they leave their house, they can't do anything else. They can't build a business, earn a living, enjoy their children. All of those things that constitute a wholesome life are cut off. And that's why you see vast sections of the country turned into wastelands. Go drive around Philadelphia and find something other than human misery in parts of that city because of the level of crime, children being killed, children killing children, adults afraid to go outside, businesses ransacked. Not only in Philadelphia, but you've seen the video from places like the Bronx, Portland, Oregon, other places around the country. So I'd submit to you the most important American civil right is the right not to be living in fear in your basement. And the policies that are being enacted, the inaction in the face of crime, such as our our high school or our junior high school guidance counselor in Fairfax County Public Schools, Darren Thornton, who solicits child prostitutes and then stays a teacher in Fairfax County schools for two years. When you allow things like that to happen, you are eroding this basic American civil right. And that's the right to be free from fear and crime. Geneva, you're in Arkansas. Good morning. You're on American Family Radio with Jay Christian Adams. Good morning. Well, I might offer a little suggestion that my grandfather used to tell me his words, he's gone, but his word stays in my heart. And he told me one day, he said this, he said, you know, the best mom and dad is a bachelor or an old maid because they never had any kids, but they'll tell you how to raise them. And then the same thing is if this here guy got a hold of one of these teachers' child or the grandchild or something like that, they might change their mind. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to come up with some answer. Uh, thank you for the call, Geneva. Todd, good morning. You're in Ohio on American Family Radio. What do you have to say? Well, um, it's nice to be on the show, first of all. I love listening to you. Second of all, when I was 18, I broke into a house, knew that the guy sold marijuana. Long story short, I paid my debt to society. I'm almost 60 years old. I will never get my rights back the way I understand it. And so am I now just a bulletproof vest for somebody else because I can't have anything to protect my own life, even though I'm not that person anymore? Christian, saved by God. God's forgiven me for everything I've done wrong. But who am I paying this debt to? What society? If we look at society today, it's not worth even looking at or talking about, barely. So who am I paying this debt back to? Yeah. And how well, will I, will I tell ever you- be free of this? Todd, I, I don't know you're in Ohio. I don't know the laws in Ohio, but in, in most states, there's some way to petition a court for a restoration of civil rights. And I would urge you to take a look to see if Ohio has something like that. Uh, I think you would probably present a, a pretty sympathetic uh, case based on what you have to say. Lori, you're in Oklahoma. What do you have to say? You're on with Jay Christian Adams for Sandy Rios on American Family Radio. <laughs> Good morning. A um, couple of things. Um, 
One thing that has got me a tad outraged this morning is the discussion about the teacher with regards to the child. I'm going to have to have a little bit of a correction here. There's no such thing as a child prostitute. A child cannot willingly engage as a chosen act of a prostitute. And and um, fair enough. I think the, the criminal code punishes you harsher if the target is a child. Yeah, well, that's a pedophile. And um, trafficking is a very real problem. That's the field that I volunteer and I work in. And one of the things that we, we do very hard is we try to get people to understand and define clearly the difference between someone who chooses to walk the street and someone who's forced. And so less than 10% of the people on the street are chosen there, are there by choice. But that's not what I called about. So I wanted to make that clarity that there's no such thing as a child prostitute. Um, secondly, when you talked about freedom, um, freedom, and you talked about freedom of fear. Freedom is freedom, period. We have lost sight of the reality of what's going on. You've had people talk about what's going on in the schools. When our founding fathers established our rights, these were people who established rights, filtering the definition of freedom through Scripture. And we have taken that out of the schools, so we no longer have a moral compass. Teachers used to have to have a moral agreement in their conduct and their behavior. We no longer have that. This is why teachers go after our children. This is why pedophiles are allowed to be in school. This is why this stuff is swept under the rug, and nobody wants to talk about it. And God forbid you ever address that there is an underground or a network in this government that targets our children and targets our vulnerable population through sexual perversion. They're not only targeting this way, they're targeting through the murder before they're ever even born. The moral compass is broken because we have kicked God out of everything, including our government, and they're trying to destroy and wipe out the freedom that you talk about. And, and that Lori, one of the most interesting exercises that I would encourage you to do if you ever get the chance, maybe there's a school play or some theater event, if, even if you don't have kids, you can go. Uh, to the to your local public school, go walk inside these government-run schools, and you will see some astonishing things hanging from the wall. It'll be like one one of one of the ones I remember. Besides all the environmental pagan uh, uh, nonsense about Mother Earth and Gaia and and, and so on and so forth, but that's a whole other category we can do a whole show on. But let me talk about another thing, and that is they'll say things like they'll have posters hanging up. And it'll be like, be kind to everybody. Okay, be kind to everybody. Or there will be, uh, treat everyone with respect. Like just these sayings on the wall. And you're left looking at them and saying, why? Why should you be kind to everybody? And so it's like this 10% solution. And more diabolical and more unfortunate those posters can change the next day to say, be kind to everybody except fill in the blank. Because that's the course of human history, isn't it? That we're kind to everybody until such time as we deem them to be a problem. Until enough people think that that subgroup of people, whether it's the Jews, the Christians, the revolutionaries, the patriots, the slaves, 
We always come up with exceptions to the be kind everybody, don't we? Because we forget the underlying principle. We forget the foundational reason to be kind from everybody that we get from the New Testament or the Old Testament. If you just say be kind everybody, it's very easy for humans and their governments and their structures and their teachers associations and their other groups and other factions to give us exceptions. That's the story of human history. Until such time as you draw a line in the sand and explain why you should be kind to everybody. What is the moral foundation to be kind to everybody? And, and you know, don't steal. Okay. Don't steal until such time as you have a Jewish grocer in Dusseldorf in 1936. Then it's okay to steal. You see where this ends up? When you take away the reasons behind the platitudes, the platitudes run awfully thin. When you take out the why and only leave the what, you don't get very far for very long. The nature of man arises, and next thing you know, people aren't being kind to everybody. People are stealing. And that's what's happening in public schools. In fact, it's worse. There's a culture of intolerance for dissent that is emerging. There's a culture of tolerance of nastiness toward people who believe certain things. It's all right if they're pro-life, if you beat up on them. Oh, there's that Christian kid who built this really cool trailer for his bike to ride to school. Let's go destroy it. That's what's happening. Oh, these are real stories. I just didn't make these up. I know these people. So you only get so far if you don't have the why and only have the what. I'm Jay Christian Adams in for Sandy Rio. Steve, you're in Louisiana. Good morning. How do you fix the problem? Good morning. Hey, Steve. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. The first thing is you got to understand that this is part of the Marxian doctrine of creating chaos. you got to know why this is happening. Second, when it comes to strategy and tactics, back like when we were in Nam. You've got to go in and you've got to get the hearts of the people in the area so that they will accept the policing tactic necessary to nail these people and keep the streets clean. I know it's difficult. I know we do not have anybody right now who wants to do it. So these elections in November are extremely important so that we can clean house. Well, right, and I think the elections in November are just a way to prevent it from getting worse, okay? I, I'm not going look, and also you have to limit your faith in government, okay? You standing up and saying, no, I disagree with that, has way more clout than some government official on your side. 
that you elected. Okay? People taking control of their culture by voicing their opinion, by standing up for what's right, by saying, no, that really is a boy. They were born a boy, they're a boy that you have way more clout than any government official could deliver. What I'm trying to emphasize is it's up to you all. You cannot put faith in a government to transform the culture. You can put some faith in the government standing down in their efforts to transform, but even that has the limits because the bureaucrats are on autopilot no matter who's in charge. And we've talked a lot about that when I substitute for Sandy. Speaking of government, Yeoman, you're in Louisiana. Good morning, Yeoman. Uh, no, sir. I'm in Western Iowa. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, I, sorry, I bad eyes. I, I used to be able to read an I and an L, not today. You are all over the map today, man. I just came in for my prayer walk, and you were talking to Mike, and and so I didn't hear all of his uh, suggestion. But if I underst- if I gather from your comments correctly, it was to go in and and take government jobs. Is that uh, correct? Well, look, this all boiled and, and down to the fact because they pay so because they pay such big bucks, right? No, that, that was only part of the story. The big story is that the government has been taken over by people who disagree with your values. And maybe it's time for uh, people with uh, love of the country to be government employees. Uh, and, and just there happens to be big bucks if anybody needed an incentive. Uh, Yeoman, we're up against the top of the hour. I'm sorry, but thank you very much for your call. I'm Jay Christian Adams. I will be back again tomorrow. Same time, same channel, substituting for Sandy Rios on American Family Radio. You can follow me at Twitter at electionlawctr. It's electionlawctr. Back again tomorrow morning. Talk to you then. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Faith, Radio. Faith, family, freedom, American Family Radio.